We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstock Radio on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I just realized I did not play the intro very loud, so I hope I didn't just blow up anyone's eardrums. As you guys know, Butting Heads is a football podcast, so we will not be talking about the NBA game played yesterday in any capacity, of course. I'm Steve Rivero here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, how you doing, man? What a, what a lovely Sunday we had yesterday. Yeah, it was it was a very lovely Sunday, uh, Mother's Day, and you know it was a better day for others <laughs> than for some. But uh, yeah, um, go Lakers! I I appreciate the Rams because they went from just being absolute dog shit to really good, and I w- I quickly went from like literally never expecting anything to. Not being let down that often over the besides last season between like seventeen and twenty one, some letdowns, but nothing too bad. Uh, whereas my seventy sixers just let me down every year um, and never give me any ounce of happiness. So, what are you gonna do? Uh, go go Lakers! I'll I'll jump on the bandwagon for the Lakers now with you. <laughs> so. The Rams. At least not the Celtics. No, no, no. Fuck the Celtics. Fuck the. Celtics. That's the worst part of this whole situation. Is is we let the goddamn Celtics win a series that they were trying to give away. So that's always fun. <laughs> Just handing it to the Sixers on a silver platter, and they sent it back to the kitchen. You know, it's just you, you really don't yeah. deserve those those wins. But let's talk about the Rams. You know, we're going to talk about the Rams. The 2023, I can't believe it's 2023. The 2023 schedule has been released. Are, are you a big schedule release guy, Johnny? How, how do you feel about the whole the whole schedule release around the league? 
I feel like if your team is doing exceptionally well, like if they're in the Super Bowl picture, you you're really jazzed about the schedule release. If your team is projected to suck like the Rams are this year, it's just another day. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I guess the schedule release is happening. <laughs> uh, but I, I imagine for teams like the Chiefs, you know, they they're they're the people that are really excited about this. Yeah. Uh, but that that's basically how I view that. Yeah, I've never been a massive schedule release guy, but uh, it does give everyone something to talk about in May. It's just another chance for the NFL to control the sports media cycle. So here we are. Schedule's out. Johnny, I will just read through the schedule, and then we could talk through some things here. So it's a nine-away game year for the Rams since the schedule's expanded to 17 games. Everybody alternates between eight home games and nine home games. Uh, this is an eight-home game year. So we start the season on the road at Seattle. Week two, home against San Francisco. Week three, Monday Night Football at Cincinnati. Super Bowl rematch. Week four, still on the East, or the Midwest at Indianapolis. Week five, home against Philly. Week six, home against Arizona. Week seven, home against Pittsburgh. Week 8 on the road against Dallas. Week 9 on the road against Green Bay. You know, the Rams love playing at Lambeau. Week 10, we finally hit our bye right in the middle of the year. You know, not a bad time for a bye week. Week 11, home against Seattle. Week 12 at Arizona. Week 13, home against Cleveland. Week 14 at Baltimore. Week 15, home against Washington. Week 16, Thursday night football at home against New Orleans. Week 17 on the road against the Giants and week 18 on the road against San Francisco. Uh, So me as an East Coaster, my biggest complaint here is that they put the Giants game on New Year's Eve. I cannot go this year. So that makes me mad. Uh, Any big takeaways just at a high level from you here, Johnny, on the schedule? I mean, the immediate thing that most people saw in this was that it's a brutal first, what, like six or seven games. And, you know, not that we're expecting a whole lot from this team this year, but, man, it's really tough to get anything going when some of your toughest challenging games are in, like, the first six to seven games. Yeah, you open the the season – with three playoff teams, Seattle, San Francisco, Cincinnati, you get a break with Indianapolis and then right back to Philly. Uh, And then Arizona, Pittsburgh, you know, not the toughest teams. Then you get back-to-back road games for the bye. Dallas and Green Bay, although Green Bay we'll see this year. But, yeah, that first five games, even, you know, even the Indy game, not that should, you know, if the Rams aren't horrible, they should win that game, but. Then you go right back into Philly. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of interesting because you you look at this uh, and, and you you kind of brought up the the Colts, which in my opinion, I feel like the Colts are are slept on team. Maybe they're not going to be like the most challenging team that we've listed here, but I, I do think they're going to be a tough team and. If they stay healthy, uh, I I think this is going to be a team to watch out for. But 
overall, man, uh, it it just kind of sucks seeing like so, some of these. Man, it, it just gets really, really until the buy after the bye week, it starts to you know somewhat settle down, but really not a whole lot. But uh, the Rams' schedule, we kind of knew going into it was uh, wasn't exactly a friendly schedule either. It it was considered among one of the tougher schedules in the league. So, um, yeah, the, <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a little bit shocked to see how many uh, tough matchups are early on. But I got to say, there there are a lot of intriguing matches that uh, I'm definitely gonna want to go to see. Um, as the, uh, I guess the resident LA guy, uh, even though they don't really play in LA, um, I do want to see quite a few of these games, uh, even though I'm not expecting a whole lot. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's some fun matchups like that. Uh, I mean, if you look at the home games, get Pittsburgh, that might, they travel well, we get the Eagles at home. They travel well. Uh, you know, Cleveland maybe not. I don't know. Uh, Washington Commanders now owned by bum-ass 76ers owner Josh Harris. So hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no sour grapes there. Uh, uh, not so fun fact about the schedule is the Rams play four teams this year that are coming off their bye week, which is tied with the 49ers for the most in the league. So. Uh, a nice little scheduling quirk that does not go in our favor. You know, that that's always fun. I suppose if there was ever a year for it to happen, it would be this year because we already know that this is going to be a wash year anyway. So, uh you you don't want to you don't want that kind of favoritism to happen against your team uh you know, when they're when there's a good chance that they can compete for a playoff spot. I, I'm, I'm being honest. I, I don't imagine that the Rams are going to make it to the playoffs this year. I, I'd be hopeful and who knows, maybe the Rams could kind of squeak their way into the playoffs, but I, I highly doubt it. We'll see. You know, the, the seventh spot does that's the only reason I can kind of sit here and say, I, I think they have a chance, but Definitely not. I, I don't think I'm betting on it. It's uh, it's a tough schedule, and I mean, it's they're so. The the one positive I will say from the, you know, kind of toughness of this early schedule is we will at least know, like, if the team is actually good, we will know early, uh, because, you know, if. if you know, at San Francisco or at Seattle, home against San Francisco, at Cincinnati, at Indy, home against Philly. If you come out of there anything better than one in four on it, genuinely, you know, you come out of that, that, that run of games with this roster two and three, you might be talking yourselves into a playoff push here uh, because, you know, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, are much better teams than us, like substantially better. San Francisco, if they have decent quarterback play, is a much better team than us. Seattle, they're definitely a better team than us. Do we say much better? I mean, like, 
better by a good amount. Uh, and then Indy, you know, you mentioned if if they get solid quarterback play, could be a tough out. Uh, but they're kind of similar to us and just like a lot of variables for that team to really be successful. So, I mean, you come out of that top of that year two and three. You don't be shocked if they trade that first round pick, honestly, because things would have to be going right or things would have to be going catastrophically wrong for those other, those other teams. And then once you get through Philly, I mean, it does like Arizona, I think it's going to be bad. And so that's a game we should win at home. Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh's always tough, but if they're if if they if they're three and three going into that week, you're gonna feel good about it. Dallas on the road is probably a loss. And Johnny, you know, this might be the year the Packers are beatable at Lambeau for us finally. It could be the year. Well, they they don't have a run Rogers, so you know, uh hopefully this is a because I, I don't imagine that the Packers are going to be the same Packers team that that they've been in recent seasons. Especially because, honestly, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Jordan Love. And really, it's going to be like a interesting season offensively for, for the Packers. But they're still a pretty good team, especially on the defensive side of the football. So... I wouldn't necessarily count them out. I wouldn't say that this is going to be a, a much different team. Uh, it, it'll be a different look for the offense, and I think that's basically where you can go with that. But um, still, you know, I, I think that if the Rams uh, can, can you know, get to Jordan Love, if they can put a lot of pressure on him, which is going to be a tall task because you're only – your only proven player that can get to quarterbacks is Aaron Donald. Uh, so basically you need Aaron Donald to just make Jordan Love's life a living hell. And maybe uh, this could be a winnable game. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I've said this on previous pods, I think the ultimately the success of this team is going to be on the offense's shoulders because it, it, this defense isn't going to be great. And if they are, no. I, I will be happy to eat that crow. But if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, go look at the depth chart uh, and then say with, with me to a straight face that this is going to be a really good defense. Uh, still of Aaron Donald, thankfully, who's there's some quotes that came out today. He's excited for the challenge this season. But uh, that offense is going to have to be really good. And I think there's some potential to be really good. But a lot of things need to go right. And... We'll see if those happen. It's going to be fun to walk through the schedule and see what games we talk ourselves into the Rams winning. Yeah, this this will be a, a fun prediction, uh, which we, we generally do like towards the end of the preseason. So, uh, yeah, it, this should be, be fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But Steve, I got to ask, which game are you looking most forward to? That's a good question. Um, I, I, I have a guess. Wait, give me your guess. My guess is week 16 against the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, I, well, Peyton's not there anymore, and he's in the NFL. Uh, yeah, it's probably the, the the Saints. I am actually looking forward to that Packers game. I want to see if they can win in Lambeau without Aaron Rodgers being there. The last time the Rams won in Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers was not their starting quarterback. Um, he was not. Uh, uh, I think he was the backup quarterback. So it has been an extremely long time since that 2006 victory in Lambeau. And so I'm always looking to see when they're going to get back to that and, and finally beat that team. Cause I think that's, that's been kind of one of their demons in the McVay era. They've played there three times uh, under McVay and lost every time. What about you? What's your, what's your most looking forward to? Is it the yeah, Saints? I, I, you know, uh, definitely both are great choices. Um, for me, it's kind of different, and maybe I'm just kind of living in the past a little bit. My my uh, one game that I'm really looking forward to is week three against the Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. which happens to be one of their only primetime games also, which is kind of funny. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of want to see how that feels like. You know, does this feel like, a sort of like a rivalry game a bit because, you know, that was the Rams uh, Super Bowl foe uh, back in 2021. I I kind of want to see what that's like because really, I don't know if you can say there's a rivalry there, but, you know, it, if, there, if this is going to even be a competitive game because obviously the Bengals are in a much better situation going into the 2023 season than the Rams are, I don't imagine that this is a Super Bowl contending team either, but sure as hell uh, much better off than the Rams are. I'm just curious, to be honest, to see if the the Bengals and the Rams will be a, a an actual challenging game, if this is going to be competitive at all. Is this going to be, you know, the, the same kind of challenge? I, I mean, obviously this won't be a Super Bowl mat- rematch or anything like that, not really. I, I guess you can brand it as that, but it's not. It's gonna be. Um, it's it's gonna basically be you know your typical AFC NFC matchup. You know these teams don't play very often, but is there some sort of rivalry there? Is there some sort of competitiveness? And I don't know. May, maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I I kind of like the idea and maybe get a little bit too much of the idea of the Rams 
you know, challenging the Bengals a little bit. But I, I got to say I have my doubts there. It, it's funny because, I mean, that game was uh... – that game was 15 months ago, that Super Bowl. And you look at the, the depth chart of the Rams, you know, the Bengals are going to be fired up for that game because a lot of those players that played for them in that Super Bowl are here. You look at the Rams' depth chart. Uh, I think Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones are the only players that are on the team that contributed to that Super Bowl win uh, on the defensive side of the ball, on Happy offense. Stafford. Well, uh, yeah, on oh. defense. Oh, Sorry, okay. I had to caveat that. As as I should have. On offense, obviously, Stafford, Cup, uh, Skoranek played in that game. Bryson Hopkins, the Bryson Hopkins game. A couple of linemen. Cam Akers, I think, technically played in that game. Did play in that game. I don't don't think he played well. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, I, I think the Rams will get up for that game. The problem is, to me, and I am really curious to see how that goes because... I think the Bengals are going to get up for that game. They're at home. They are way, a way better football team than us today. And so they might come out and crush us. But I am optimistic the Rams will make it a game. And I think it'll have a little bit of a rivalry feel. You know, I don't think there'll be none there. But uh, obviously a lot has changed for the Rams. And a little has changed for the Bengals since that game. I, I just want it to be a competitive game. Like, I don't expect to come out, at least as of this moment, I, I don't expect to come out of Cincinnati with a W. But if you could make it at least a, an interesting game, you know, especially on a primetime game, I'd be happy. If it's a if it's a blowout, I, I'm just going to be a little depressed. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I don't want to watch them get blown out on primetime. That's, that's never fun. It's one of our two primetime games. The only other one is that Thursday night football game against the Saints and December. So we'll see how they do. I, I'm sure they'll get they might get game of the week a couple times. I mean we play the Cowboys. That game is always game of the week. But oh Johnny, another note too here. The Rams kick off at ten AM Pacific time five times this year. That is the same amount of time that they've kicked off at ten AM Pacific over the last two seasons combined. So the NFL did them no scheduling favors this year. I can't necessarily blame the NFL. I mean, it, it you don't have to be an NFL expert or anything to know that the Rams are probably going to struggle this year. I, I think it's more believable that the Rams are going to struggle than they're going to succeed. I, I mean, stranger things have happened for sure. But, boy, I, I think everyone's, you know, preparing. I think even... Even the Rams themselves are preparing for a very long season. All, all the coach speak has not indicated that. I think they think they're going to be good. <laughs> but they have been delusional in the past. So, yeah. I mean, give me a uh, – now that you've seen the schedule, just this can change in two months. I'm not going to hold you to it. Give me a off-the-cuff win total prediction here. Mm. Uh, I'm looking at about a five and twelve season. I want to do some math in my head here, quick. Um, just like run through this schedule and see what I think. Let's see here. 
a lot of losses. Uh, uh, so on Steve's factor again, that one of the reasons why I go for one of the reasons why I said five and twelve is because I I can't wholeheartedly look at the schedule and say, oh yeah, that's a win. That's that's one hundred percent a win because even these very winnable games at you know, the five that I've selected could easily result in a loss. And that's why five and 12 makes sense to me. If I had to bet on an exact win total today, I would say seven. I think nine is pretty doable if things go well. Um, If things go bad, five could end up being optimistic, but I'm going to go seven. Today, I'm going to go seven wins, and I feel okay about that prediction. I didn't doubt the Rams can reach seven. I think that's achievable. Um, you know, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest that the Rams can't get up to at least seven or eight wins, but at the same time, I, I have a hard time believing that this team has a has an over 500 record. I would like to believe that, but in reality, I just, I I can't see it. Maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe uh, we'll get so overly hyped during training camp and, and uh, preseason that we're like, yes, we're going to make it. We're going to have a 12 and, and uh, five record and, you know, go to the Super Bowl because we're that hyped. Uh, which I, I highly doubt, but it's a nice thought, I guess. Well, like, so here's the thing. Even if we lose the first three, let's say we lose all three first games. If the offensive line is playing well, and if Matthew Stafford is playing well, I will be confident in the future of this team and potentially winning some games and make being a factor in the playoff race. I don't know if I want to say make the playoffs, but like those are the two most important variables to me because – uh, ultimately, those are the two things that this team needs this year to have some success. That line has to be good. Stafford has to be really good. Um, and Cooper Cup needs to be all the way back from his injury, which that I, I I am optimistic in that aspect. But a lot of ifs on that offensive line, a lot of ifs with Stafford. Those, are, to me, are the are the two biggest variables this year. No question, and and I think you're right. I think if uh, if Stafford and the offensive line are, are performing very well, uh, it, it's not inconceivable that the Rams could overwhelm, you know, defenses to the point that uh, you know they can outscore their opponents and get get a, a you know a win here and there. Uh, but again, this looks very iffy at best so um it's definitely even if you're feeling really really jazzed about this offense i don't think there's really anyone that's feeling equally as great at as at defense no nobody in their right mind um you know you could be cautiously optimistic that the defense can be okay if Aaron Donald plays like Aaron Donald and some of these other guys step up. But, like, if you're going to sit here and say this defense is going to be good this year, 
either your child plays for the team or you're just delusional. <laughs> um, like that's and listen, I, I that'd be fucking amazing again, but the the, the players are just not there. I'm just saying, man, to Kobe Durant, he's going to have like 12 interceptions, man. Even if he does, I don't know if that means there's there's a lot more we need than just him, which is the, That's the craziest true. part. Uh, that would be quite the treat. Uh, we'll see if it happens. <laughs> let's, uh, Make a dream. let's talk through some of the big the big news that's come out this week. Uh, a lot of news in mid mid-May here. I like keep thinking I'm getting bit by a bug, and I'm pretty sure it's just my headphone string hitting my neck, and I'm like spazzing right now. Thank God, thank God we don't do video. <laughs> the <laughs> I don't have I don't have a follow up there. Uh, so so uh, some news around the league: former Rams. Wide receiver, I guess, slash tight end, Jacob Harris signed with the Jags. Harris was a fourth-round pick of the Rams in 2021. Uh, He was wide receiver at a UCF. They drafted him thinking that they could just make him a tight end for some reason. That experiment did not last long and ended up being one of the – it's a fourth-round pick, so it doesn't really matter, but one of the bigger busts of a player the Rams have drafted – uh, over the last couple of years, but he's in Jacksonville now. Any, do you have any belief in Jacob Harris as a, like, do you think there's anything there? Could he become a player? I have about as much faith as Jacob Harris de- developing into a star tight end slash wide receiver for the Jaguars as I did for Tim Tebow developing into <laughs> a star wide receiver slash tight end for the Jaguars. You know, I just, you know, I'd love to believe that this guy was going to, and, you know, I I did for a short while believe that this guy could potentially become like a impact player or at least a contributor for the Rams. And yeah, just a complete experiment that just went to hell and, and now he's in Jacksonville. So, uh, good luck to him. Maybe he'll have a better shot than Tebow did. Do not go back and listen to our post-draft podcast where we talk about Jacob Harris. Please. Uh, please do not go and listen to that. I, I think... I, I mean, he had every opportunity to, to make a name for himself these past few seasons, and he just was there. He was a body. Yeah, he suffered. He had some injury setbacks, so you know that was unfortunate. But yeah, I, that, that's true. Yeah, but the biggest factor I think here is you can't just draft a wide receiver and say he's playing tight end and just assume it's going to work because boy, yes. uh, he just immediately switched back. It's uh it's an underrated position skill wise, I think. Uh, another departure: Traven Howard, longtime Rams inside linebacker. Signed with the Bills. Uh, you know, I'm not like losing sleep over this, but he, Traven Howard had an okay run here. He, he, he did some things. He won, he won a Super Bowl, as did Jacob Harris. Uh, Howard was here for five years. So that's quite a bit of time. You know, I I actually do. I, I, I actually am going to miss Traven Howard because 
I feel like he was kind of an underrated guy uh, on the bench. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that this guy is going to be an immediate impact player for the Bills. No, he's going to be a backup at best there. But, you know, I, I feel like that is definitely a guy the Rams could have had, you know, playing alongside, you know, Ernest Jones. But I can understand, too, that money's tight right now. And do you really want to reinvest the little money you have left on – you know, essentially a guy that's going to be playing behind Ernest Jones. It's kind of one of those things. But, um, you know, I am going to miss the guy because I think that he, he did do um, some pretty big things for the Rams. Uh, may have not been, you know, the, the best player for the Rams, but he certainly was one of those guys that did contribute to a few games that we often forget about. I don't know how I forgot this, but he had the game ceiling interception in the NFC Championship against the 49ers. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Uh, so, yeah, man, he, he had a good run here. Five years and actually being on the field for a lot of them is uh, is an impressive run. So, wish him the best in Buffalo. I, unlike yeah. Harris, do think he'll be able to be a rotational guy there. If he makes a team. Uh, which, you know, easier said than done. Uh, the Rams have already started shifting around their undrafted free agents. They waived wide receiver Tyler Hudson, linebacker Matthew Jester, line, and defensive back Jaden Woodby, and they picked up defensive back Tim Marcus Davis. Any thoughts here, Johnny? I'm I'm honestly just shocked that they're already cutting guys. Like, <laughs> like it's like what. What possibly, what possible reason could you really have to cut guys that haven't even really, you know, <laughs> I I imagine that they they got a little bit of of a look at at these some of these guys, but it's like they signed them for what a couple weeks and they're like, eh, you know what, never mind. Uh, th- this guy's definitely not on this team. I. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> what could they have done? Uh, and this is a team that does not have 90 players. So, you know, if, if you got to cut one of them to make room for Demarcus Davis, like, yeah, sure, I guess. But what could they have possibly realized over the last, like, <laughs> three weeks that would have been like, oh, well, this guy, we can't have this guy taking up a roster spot on a roster that's not even full. I'd be pretty annoyed if I was those guys, if they, unless there's something we don't know. They're like, "Who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite basketball team?" And they're like, "The Celtics." Immediately gone. <laughs> yeah, they thought uh, they thought the Saints got robbed in the 2018 NFC Championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that, imagine if those were like interview questions, and they're like, "Yeah, this ain't gonna work out. Sorry, goodbye, guys." <laughs> Um, but as far as like to Marcus Davis, we're going to get back a little serious here uh, to Marcus Davis, the defensive back. Um, you know, this is uh, another basic, basically a safety addition. Uh, particularly what I remember about this guy is he was actually relatively big for, for safety. And 
there's not a whole lot to say about him because he's he's not like someone that I feel like is gonna have a, a good chance of making this roster because of so much competition going on. I know it's kind of hard to say that with um you know such a uncertainty of who's gonna actually start, but because there's so much quality players that are you know gonna be competing uh beyond you know just a undrafted free agent ad. Uh, I, I think this is going to be really tough for him, but in the end, it, it may not be necessarily the Rams eyeing him to to uh, to be added for you know a backup safety role. It could also be the Rams looking at, to add him as you know somebody that can contribute on special teams. That is also a possibility. So um, I wouldn't necessarily close the door on this guy playing, but. Uh, he is somebody that did, that does you know hit hard, and uh, you know has has fairly decent size. So I, I figure why not? You know, certainly add more more depth at the uh, at the position going into um, training camp and everything like that. But uh, my like jumping up and down for this signing, not necessarily. But you know, we'll see what we have with them. Yeah, and I feel like if you if you're not a day or two after the draft undrafted free agent pickup, you're probably already at a serious disadvantage. Uh, so you might end up being a camp body, but nice paycheck to play football for a month being a camp body. And I just I can't believe they're cutting camp bodies at this point. I yeah, that's just this is so wild. There's always kind of like a sort of shift um, in you know, players being added and not added to rosters, but that usually happens immediately. Like there'll be reports of guys signing um, as undrafted free agents, but for one reason or another, it doesn't end up happening and they end up on another team. Um, it actually happened quite a few times in recent years with the Rams. Uh, but yeah, that happens immediately. That doesn't happen like a week or two afterwards so this is kind of interesting i'm a little curious as to why but i don't think we'll ever really know the answer yeah it's interesting it's interesting um let's quickly before we wrap up talk about look stats about it a little bit Uh, after some not true rumors being spread on twitter that carson wentz was working out for the rams which ended up just being false uh they're Anyways, just that that came out, and so yesterday, or I don't know when this was, this interview happened. Lesson he was on the Rich Eisen show, and he iterated that he thinks Stetson Bennett will be the immediate backup to Stafford in 2023. He said, "I would say on paper that's our vision. Anytime you go into the draft, you never know the QB. There's only so many of them, but we did think that it could be very beneficial if we could find a young quarterback to develop as a backup." That way you don't get into, let's call it, renting QBs for a year. And also with our cap situation, veteran backups do cost more in salary against the cap than players on rookie contracts. There's a lot of variables in that. But the vision was, hey, let's try to find the best backup QB available. And if we can do that in the draft, that's even more of a benefit to us. If not, we would have pivoted into a different direction. So, you know, a lot of coach speak. If we were playing who do we give a shit this week, I don't think we would give a shit about this quote. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I would give this sort of coach speak is that um, at least the very least you could say from this quote is that at least they have a sort of say this a more realistic vision for uh, Stetson Bennett uh, because one of the things I was concerned about uh, when the Rams drafted Bennett initially was that they were going to try and you know build up Bennett to be like the future starting quarterback for the Rams especially considering that they kind of reached for the guy but at the same time it by them basically saying this you have the track of what they expect out of Bennett. They aren't really expecting him to be the starter for the Rams unless necessary. And I like that. I I like the fact that they went after, you know, their hopefully career backup uh, quarterback. It may not, it may sound a little weird, but they're right in a sense that if you're going to go after veteran backups, it does cost a lot of money. And for a team that's always cash strapped like the Rams are, this is a smart approach. You know, it, it may be the better way to go about it than pursuing the Carson Wentz's of the world, you know? Uh, and, and, and I like that. I, I like that way of thinking. Maybe we don't have to use a high, well, it wasn't a high draft pick, but maybe we don't have to go as high at for a career backup quarterback. Um, if, if Stenson Bennett pans out, but, um, yeah, if if that's kind of the vision for Bennett, it kind of gives you also the picture for, uh, Ripon's future who the Rams just signed. Uh, you know, maybe he's just a camp body in the end of it. Yeah. He's either a camp body or there if Stenson Bennett's a disaster. No, it's Bennett wasn't a high pick, but not a nothing pick. I mean, could have drafted Jacob Harris around that value. So guys, uh, <laughs> guys, guys get, get picked up at, at that, you know, decent players sometimes. Uh, but it's not, it's not a like complete throwaway of a pick. Like if he was a seventh round pick, but yeah, I, I think it is good that they approached they Like, yeah, they clearly approached it with backup quarterbacks are expensive. It'd be nice if we could develop our own and that's okay with me. You know, I, I don't love the pick by any stretch, but it, the logic is there. It, it is far, far from the biggest draft day atrocity that they have ever made. And there it is. We made it 41 minutes into the podcast without bringing up the Creed Humphrey pick. He was right there. <laughs> uh, maybe a new record. Uh, all right. Well, Johnny, I... I mean, we got a lot of podcasts to do before the season starts, so I think I'm good for the day. You got anything else? No, I think we hit about as much newsworthy news that we have for this week. So, uh, yeah, until next week, go Dodgers, go Lakers. And uh, once again, Steve, I am sorry. Uh, It's okay. I mean, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 like two weeks ago, and it was great, so... We'll have some fond memories of May 2023, at least. <laughs> okay. Well, follow us on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny5.6, at Talk Rams, and we'll be back next week. Goodbye.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.